Hey, 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 closet busters and bold move makers. It is time once again for Life Uncloset. So I want you to gather around because it is time once again to kick down those closet doors of your life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens. I'm the bold move expert and that coming out guy who's going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloset. So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. Hey there, Life Uncloseted family. It is time once again for you to sit with me, your host, Rick Clemens, and get bored to tears. Of course, I'm just kidding. It's time to come out of those closets of your life and really embrace who you are in the world, regardless of what your closet is and really step forward and unapologetically live in the world as you are meant to be. And if you're struggling with that, make sure you hop over to rickclemens.com or lifeuncloseted.com and take the unapologetic life assessment. It's always pretty eye-opening for many, many people. But those of you who have heard this podcast have heard me say that over and over again. So let's cut to the crap and get to the fun stuff with the new show for today. And one of the things that I find so fascinating is when something happens in your life and then suddenly it just kind of like, oh, I didn't think I'd be doing this. And then suddenly you're fabulous and here you are. And that's what kind of happened to today's guest. He has become very, very active in a lot of places in the queer world. And I'm going to let him kind of tell the story because I don't want to give it all away. But he and I met through another program that I do and I finally said, you know what? You are so juicy, juicy, juicy. I think you need to be on my podcast. So I am going to welcome Michael Wynn, who is also known as Juicy Lou, to the podcast. And I'm so excited to have you here, Michael. So thanks for being here, buddy. Yes, thank you for having me, Rick. I'm so excited to be here. Um, And I am juicy, juicy, juicy. It's a juicy world. It is a juicy world. (laughs) You know, it's so interesting because Michael and I work, you know, together on something else. And I'm going to just tell you, he's never that enthusiastic when he comes on those other calls with me. So, (laughs) but um, it's something about the podcast. It is. We just kind of like, okay, we're here to be fabulous. So let's just do this girl. So um, anyway, but I'm so really seriously excited to have you here because I've gotten to know you through the other work that I do, helping speakers grow their speaker business. And I knew you would be so juicy on this podcast. So here's how this happens. I just kind of shut the fuck up and it's all yours. So it's all up to you now, Juicy. You just take the podcast and run with it. So, oh my gosh, I just go. I just do, go do the you thing. Just, you just go do the thing. Let's just kind of oh like God. you do your thing when you're on stage. So, uh, yes, ex- well, exactly. Well, hello, hello, hello. My name is Michael Nguyen. I also, I am also Juicy Lou. I am a drag performer here in the Bay Area in San Francisco. Um, normally in pre COVID times, I would have a monthly drag show called Juicy Thoughts uh, in the Castro. It's a queer and trans people of color showcase, um, really trying to uplift our QT POC uh, community. Uh, And also then, you know, when COVID happened, I was totally like, I should totally have a podcast because like podcasts are totally what it is nowadays. And so, and I also happen to know so many LGBTQ uh, public figures here in the Bay Area. I was like, we need to get to know them more. And I want to know a little bit what the, you know, what they do in their public life. And then I get a little bit more personal and get their hidden hobbies and private passions. Mm. So that's why I started a podcast of the same name, Juicy Thoughts, T-H-O-T-S. Check out Juicy Thoughts Pod on Twitter and JuicyThoughts.com is where my podcast is. But, you know, all the links. But, yeah, I, I have to plug that right at, right at the gate because I love podcasting now. I've gotten – we are now in season two. We've gone through maybe just 12 episodes or so. But we got to talk to um, really, like, from high-level elected officials to, like – I guess low level. Uh, yeah, the, the 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 peon the peons on the street the corner. Peons, you know, yes. right. It's like, yeah. oh, you you're gay. Oh, you you're queer. Yeah. Okay, I want a yeah. podcast. We like, get you on an interview, girl. Okay. Of course, of course, you know, Juicy Lou is not being truthful. She's in the back rooms of every bar in Castro. And <laughs> she can get in the down low interviews. I mean, literally down low. But anyway, so but but this is this is very interesting, Michael, because you did kind of just. We kind of stumbled into this, so to speak, right? And you weren't drunk. I don't, I don't, well, maybe you were, I don't know. You didn't tell me that part of the story, but drag queen was not like, well, it wasn't the next thing after law school. Let's just put that out there. It's like, okay, check, <laughs> let's go to law school, check, let's be a drag queen, you know. How did this all come about for you? 
You know, it was really crazy. I never thought I would do drag. The first time I did drag was in, in college and I have to give it up to my alma mater, Southwestern University in Georgetown, Texas. They actually had like a, you know, a queer student group um, at the time it was called Sexual Orientation Awareness League, Soul, and now it's called Pirates for Pride. But basically they have this week during a uh, coming out week where they actually host like kind of a lot of panel events and then they they end it with a big drag ball like it's a big drag ball and so I, I i was you know i had just come out and i was like okay i'll go do this drag ball i don't have a dress how do i do this i don't know how, and this is back in like 2000 whatever and so before it was back race, in the stone age so you know <laughs> so so long ago and you know there's no youtube makeup tutorials this is like you just had to learn my makeup was terrible i borrowed a dress from a friend and it was a really beautiful blue sequin gown I had like, you know, a hair. I looked like my mother. I looked like, actually my mother saw pictures of it. She's like, you look like my sister and she's so beautiful, but she's so mean. And I'm like, yes, this is yes, exactly girl. what I want. Yes, girl. Like, the gorgeous beauty and then like kind of mean, you know, like, but nice, but mean, yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Which is so, so contrary to who I know you to be. You're just so nice on the other calls. But now I got your number. So from now on, when we get together, I'm going to be, <laughs> bitch, what's going on? So Yeah, I mean, I love in a playful way, in a lovely, yeah, yeah, yeah. a loving way, you know, yeah. just so truthful. Like I would say, be a thought, you know, like be truthful, be humble, be mm -hmm. outlandish, be transformational, though. Like, the But transformation, be something, for God's sake, something. go be something. Go do something. Yeah, I mean, like life is way too short, like yeah. way too short to be like, sitting in a rut and just kind of like doing the same thing over well and over. either life's too short or this covid thing is way too long i mean you know, <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah i don't know how 2020 lasted 20 years like i don't, I, I don't either it's just like <laughs> my god can we just please get out of this bad nightmare you know i mean it's almost like it's like it's like a nightmare with like drag queens with no makeup you know it's like can we just like get past this at this point so <laughs> But um, you so know, you, I, I live that quick fantasy drag though. Like I love it. I love like just put some lipstick on and like some and just go eye mask, yeah. and mascara, and a little yeah. bit of blush, and I'm good. I'm good. yeah, yeah, and 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 grab a wig. Any wig will do. Sometimes you know, just yes. like out the door we go. You know, yeah, party city so, wig especially. Exactly. But boy, that's interesting. So this all started for you deep in the heart of Texas. That's yes. kind of interesting. I know, girl, because I well, I wasn't out. Quote quote quote, 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 out at the time when I was in Texas and I was a food and beverage director in Texas when the stirrings were definitely alive in my world, but I wouldn't be out. And I'm like, God, I wonder what I would have been like if I actually was out in the mid eighties in Texas. There so. are so many steers and queers in Texas. That's oh God. Hello, hello. Hello. I mean, it was There's something else. So many cowboys that just want to be ridden for God's sake. <laughs> Save a horse, ride a cowboy. That's what That's exactly, exactly. That's exactly right. But it's funny thing about drag. So I did it in, in a little bit in college, but never again until like uh, five, at least five years later, I was in law school and I was just kind of like uh, do, doing the thing for Halloween. Halloween is the gateway drug for drag. If you didn't know, now yes, you know. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but yeah, I just did it for you know Halloween. And then I started doing it for fundraisers for my softball team. And I just fit, figured out that I have this like power when I'm in drag that I can like tap into that. I'm Cause you know, you, you, as you mentioned Rick earlier, I'm kind of a quiet person as Michael. Mm -hmm. my Michael personality is kind of quiet and just wants to learn a lot. But like when I'm in drag, I just, something else comes out and like, I am unleashed. I am uncloseted if you were, as it were. Exactly. And it's so interesting because, okay. So true confessions. When I first was working with Michael and his speaking stuff, I'm like, well, I, I kind of figured out, you know, after the first conversation, okay, we're both playing on the same team. But then I'm kind of like, he's kind of quiet for a drag queen. I'm like, <laughs> what is this? And then I'm like, I don't know. He's going to be a speaker. And then now suddenly here we are today. And it's like, girl, she is alive and she is well. <laughs> so, um, but it is cool. And I love it that these moments bring us to those things that we least expected to do. It's my podcast. It's kind of the same thing. Somebody's like, Hey, I got this podcast. I don't want to do it anymore, but I paid for all this. Would you be interested? I'm like, hell no. Why would I do that? That's not me. I have no, no interest in doing this. Mm. Here we are 460 some episodes later and <laughs> still doing this thing. So, um, so let me ask you this. I hate it when I do something like that because that's such a bad speaker thing. So let me ask you this, just ask the <laughs> fucking question. Okay. So what's changed the most for you personally by unleashing uncloseting yourself to just fully embrace and bring juicy Lou and juicy thoughts to life? 
I think the most um, transformational thing that has happened for me has been sort of like when I see something that I don't like or I think that's wrong, I am more than happy to tell you that I think that this is wrong. I'm ready to raise my voice. In in the past, before before Juicy, I guess, um, I would I would just kind of notice it and like not say anything. I'd be very quiet about it. And I would just kind of like, okay, well, I don't know. Oh, I guess that's the way of the world and la 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 la. But now like since becoming, uh, when I was crowned Miss Gappa, I really de- like point, I can pinpoint it. It was August of 2016 when I, when I won this, and it's so silly, a campy, campy pageant title, <laughs> Miss Gappa 2016. I, you know, here I'm, I'm this in a goopy gown and a big purple wig and just like, like, like hamming it up on stage at the Herbst Theater, um, you know, like hundreds of people in the audience, all this stuff. Um, I, I, I think my life changed because at that point I, I was suddenly a representative of the queer and trans API community. I was suddenly a representative of a community leader. You know, I was mm-hmm. looked at as sort of like people were, they asked me the next day, so juicy, why aren't more, you know, gay API men like involved in the movement? And I'm like, how am I supposed to know this question? I don't know, but like, but people just look to you. And so when you sort of step into that title, you kind of have to live up, well, to me, I had to live up to the title. And so that meant I had to let go of all the things that were holding me back that were like making me have my voice quiet. And um, I think I really look back to that specific time, like when I became Miss Gappa 2016, is the moment that I fully embraced my juiciness. I fully embraced my uh, position in the world. This is the point when I was like, I can go to the media and like I can have a press release and tell them I'm gonna I'm gonna organize like some you know event thing, a protest or a you know a demonstration, or I can do all these things. And literally because I was like good because I did drag and, it, and I'm yeah. like it's, it's a weird feeling to say that out loud because before that you know I'm, I'm a lawyer I've 10 years of practice you know I'm you know educated I had you know all this stuff but like it was <laughs> it was putting on a dress and a wig and a heels <laughs> and, and uh, the makeup and the everything the jewelry gave me the confidence to just sort of like just do the thing and and be loud and I hear you <laughs> I hear you totally because when I when I channel I have never Okay, I've done kind of quasi drag once. I know that sounds weird. Like, how do you do quasi drag? <clears throat> but I did, and it was actually, was it in, I got to think about this. It was either in Florida or maybe it was in, maybe it was actually in Savannah, Georgia. I was, I worked for a company <clears throat> who was deeply involved in the RV park and campground industry. And so we sold reservation systems to those industries and it was time for the National Association of RV Parks and Campgrounds Conference. Mm. And we, we were a little, a little known entity, but we, it was second year and we were suddenly becoming kind of a known entity in that yeah. industry. Growing pains. And, you got yeah, growing, growing pains. And so I'm pretty sure it was Savannah. I don't think it was Florida. I'm pretty sure it was where in Savannah. And I'm like we got to do something. We're hosting the main reception, right? I'm like, we got to do something to let them know that California is in the house. Right Mm. now I work for this company in conservative orange County. Okay. So, but I, Orange County, yes. Lots of Vietnamese people in orange County. Yes, there are. There's lots (laughs) of them there. (laughs) And so I'm like, okay, everybody knew I was, everybody in the company knew I was gay and it was, you know, it was totally cool. But I'm like, I think we should have like this, just this campy sort of thing that we do. And I'm like, I could become this like diva for a night. Mm -hmm. And um, what was the name we came up with? Um, Pearl May, Pearl May Hollywood. Okay. So Pearl May Hollywood and her brother was something Earl May Hollywood. And so I I I love the three names. Yeah. Southern queen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, so I show up at, at the, the event first as Earl May Hollywood. And I've got, Mm like you know big old cowboy hat on and just tacky like tacky <laughs> tacky cowboy vest and but it's rv parking campground so you know i'm strutting around like i know my stuff and you yeah. know i have it blah 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 and i said you know y'all are gonna be real surprised though when my sister shows up because she's the one that actually she runs that park like it's well you know it's like it's her own little kingdom and fiefdom and you don't cross mm. in the blah 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 right so I, I'm doing all this stuff. And finally, they're like, well, where is she? I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to have to go find her. Well, of course, I leave and I go change out everything, right? I come back with this big, big, tall pink beehive with a little teeny tiny cowboy hat on top Woo! and the big earrings, although I had my goatee. So I'm like, that is not coming off. I, 
At that point, I do not shave the goatee just for this one thing, but it was so much fun. <laughs> and I've done stuff like that before, but I remember that was right about the time. Well, it was right before then that they laid me off and said, we, we love you, but you, we can't afford you anymore. And I'm like, yeah, fuck you. So, <laughs> you know, I was gone. And that was at the time I had started thinking about someday I should really write a book, but I mm. didn't go there yet because I'm like, I got to go find a job and all this sort of stuff. So eight years later, I am starting to write my book. And I'm like, ah, oh, this is so dry. It's so, you know, it's the journey coming out of the closet and it's the coach book on here's some coaching exercises you should do when you come out of the, and I'm just reading this whole thing. I'm like, fuck, this is so goddamn boring. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, that night I go to sleep. No, don't get, don't think about what I was doing in my sleep, folks. I went to sleep and I had, I just remember waking up in the middle of the night going, why is Pearl May Hollywood in my dream? Right. <laughs> is she haunting you well <laughs> and it was and she was waking me up to something okay I'm like that was interesting and then suddenly two days later while i'm writing my book i'm like i can't do this i've got to re i got to start rewriting this and i'm like what if i put a character to this what if i put my character voice on well pearl may wasn't the voice it was, i mean she was fun but she wasn't the voice but then suddenly honey <laughs> Uh -oh. lemonade pop showed up uh oh! and she is just one big black girl who'd like you don't mess with her and if you have a problem with her being in the closet well it ain't gonna last for long mm. suddenly that whole voice like mm -hmm. she was sassy she shows up in this coming out book she shows up with like you just got to kick them in the ass and say i really don't care what you think because what i you think and what i think well they're totally different you's wrong and i'm you know it's that sort of stuff right Mm -hmm. And suddenly the book became fun. You know, there was this, all this dialogue between myself and Lemonade Pop. But yet it was very, there were times it was like very serious. Like, so yeah, when I had this conversation with my ex-wife about being blah, blah, blah. And of course in my mind, Lemonade Pop's going, you go girl, you just go, you got this. You just, you know, and it was really amazing to see that piece of me show up. So to your beautiful point, mm -hmm. When I'm at my lowest and when I'm at my most frustrated or my worst or I'm not believing in myself, I just channel lemonade and go, come on, honey, it's time for a cocktail. <laughs> because that that little diva, well, she ain't little, but that big diva, she can pull me out of a snap, you know, out of a dark hole, no pun intended, um, quicker <laughs> than anybody. Because I realize that's actually a part of me. Yeah. It's just a very, very, very big part of me. I mean, it's interesting that you chose uh, Big Black Diva as part of the, you know, sort of your encouraging um, mantra. You know, I, I think it's, um, I think it just says, you know, that like everybody, you know, our human race, we're all the same. We all yes. kind of, a, I mean, that's kind of what I have with my podcast, Juicy Thoughts, you know, uh, podcast just, or, and also my, my drag show, just kind of trying to get, you know, it was a little bit of different drag show because I actually interview our, our queer and trans people right. of color on stage, kind of in my Gage and Oprah voice, you know, so tell me what inspired your drag? You know, just very like, you know, that kind right. of thing. It's a show, <laughs> but also, you know, like get to know these pe people who are, you know, doing the entertainments for you, but just getting to know that like, they're just everyday people and we're all the same. And we're all, we all just want to, you know, get through this life together. We're all just spiritual beings, as Oprah says, li yes. living a human experience, you know, and we're just, we're just in there and doing that thing. So to me, it's really interesting um, that, you know, you're, your lemon as a lemonade popper is that what you Le said? <laughs> not popper don't insult don't insult her girl that's me drag queen sorry uh -huh. i just like that's a little bit of it's a read, lemonade a bit of lemonade <laughs> so not lemonade lemonade so okay. l-e-m-o-n-o-d-d okay lemon odd pop because okay. if i said lemonade pop that wouldn't be as fun but there's something about the lemonade pop <clears throat> what would you I have to do you the pop that pop. make okay. yeah it's got to be the pop on the, end. the tongue yeah. do you do the tongue yeah. pop out that thing whatever i do okay. it it makes it happen <laughs> but it is interesting because you know it's i've always had there's always been significant strong women in my life number one mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and there's always been significant black friendships mm -hmm. that i've always felt very drawn to mm -hmm. now and so that being said, everybody's like, so your husband must be black. No, he's not. I'm very attracted to black men, 
but there's something about the strength of a black woman. I mean, mm-hmm. Oprah being one of them, mm-hmm. um, any, any of the divas, I mean, Diana, you know, all those just like, there's something about those strong women mm-hmm. and you com- couple that have always been my thing. It's just like, even, even strong women, like, you know, Candace Bergen, when she played Murphy Brown and all this, it's like that strength of the woman who's just like sassy. And, you know, when I get completely in it, I can mm-hmm. like go, but I, it takes, I have to get in it. You know, I have to be like totally in that lemonade pop mindset. And then she just, she just rules girl. She just, mm. <laughs> it, a, it is not going to get you any, any freedom if you get in her wrath. So that's just kind of how she shows up. Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a really special thing about drag performers in general who, or anybody who, who are, have the ability to create a persona like this, like, as you say, um, mm-hmm. like lemonade pop, like uh, lemonade pop. Okay. Yeah. Uh, thank but you. Because because it's it's really like the idea that we can, we as people are have complete agency in our lives and we we can create our experience. You know. So mm-hmm. like in 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 the other work that we're talking about, like my speaking, I'm trying to come up with like some branding and things. But life is a drag, so make it a drag and like right, you know exactly be that the design diva. Be be resourceful and real about your world. Be you know abundant and active. Be an activist, honey. Like be godly and generous in all of you that you do. Be drag, 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 mm-hmm. drag, drag. And like that's why I tell people I think everybody should do drag, like whether or not they're in our in the LGBTQ community or you know just just to, to have that playfulness about life, like the playfulness of like I get to invent a persona and Absolutely. this persona has a characterization, you know, or do improv even just like go go play some improv, like a class, you know, and like where does this what does this character what was their journey like and what what voice are they speaking with, you know, all that stuff. And so my juicy character, my juicy persona is so over the top, loud, you know, proud, like big visibility as a value, you know, right, like right, queerness as you know visible is like sort of of ingrained within each other i i, I like juicy was born in a, a time you know after i came out long after i came out and so for me juicy is like the the epitome of what it means to be like a superstar you know like exactly like girl. big big but like michael may not be as big you know but like but juicy is so i can always channel juicy yeah exactly. well and i think the, th- the interesting thing michael is when we channel it gives us an outlet. So there's days that I'm like, I just need lemonade. I just need her here because I just got to go there, you know? Mm -hmm. And then there's other times like, yeah, I don't need that to be who I am, but you know, it may, it may kind of surprise you. I'm actually a lot more, I'm a lot more quiet than people know. I'm not going to say I'm introverted. That's probably not a hundred percent true. Mm-hmm. But I'm definitely like put me in a room of people that I don't know if I like walk into like a party, I'm going to be the wall hugger much more than I'm like, okay, I'm fabulous. And I'm here. That's not. Mm-hmm. But once I get warmed up, I'm like, cool, let's go. You know, so there's mm-hmm. that interesting. Well, I'm a Leo. So we could girl, we could, <laughs> we could go on that for a long old time. You know, I need the spotlight. I need to be seen, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I also need to like kind of be when I'm alone, leave me the fuck alone, you know, just boom, this is who I am. So, um, so what is something that you know that you maybe even in, you know, whether it's drag or, you know, what you do for your work that, you know, has been a challenge for you Mm. as a gay man of color and specifically a gay Asian man. Yeah. Uh, Well, thanks for that question. Cause like I, I actually find myself, you know, right now as the chair of GAPA. So I became Miss GAPA and then like, you know, and then we elected Trump, yay. And then mm. that was 2016. And then like January, you know, comes around and the existing chair of GAPA was sort of like, I need to step down. So he invited all of us to dim sum together in Chinatown. We're like, should GAPA continue as an organization? At that time, you know, it was about to become 30 years old. It's been around since 1988, but like it was on the, in the process of like decline. And I was like, well, here I am, I miss GAPA. We should definitely have a GAPA chair. You know, we should have this. Right. And, um, you know, and I'm, I'm a lawyer and I'm an organizer and, you know, I have all these skills, but I didn't see myself like as becoming the leader of GAPA. But then I just sort of had all these great ideas apparently and they're like Michael you should totally be this and so that's all to say is that you know then I became the chair of GAPA where I'm like uh literally in the movement of the gay and Asian experience in America and the world because you know um the U.S. is actually ahead of most of Asia Asia you know 
Taiwan's doing great. And, you know, China is sort of like a don't ask hotel right now. Right, right. Japan is still kind of 50 years behind the curve. But, um, and, you know, Singapore is like, you can still be, you know, go to jail, you know, but it's still a don't ask hotel. It's a, it's a weird state of affairs. But yep. here in San Francisco, as the chair of GAPA, I am literally like one of the main leaders of the movement. And it's like, okay, uh, you know, what did that mean? Because like, you know, when I was growing up, I didn't understand, like there was no such thing as become like a gay and Asian. There was, you know, there's no, there wasn't, that wasn't, ha- that didn't happen in our Asian community. You know, like there were no such things as gay Asian, you know, like, so that was, I mean, we didn't even talk about it. I, my, my parents never told me anything about it. So, that, mm. um, and I'm an only child and, you know, um, I mean, I would, I would, you know, soon discover what gays were, but then my understanding of gay and gayness was white gays, you know, because right. especially in Dallas, um, it's mostly white, um, white, black, Latino, Asians were they Asians you know like you know so um they were there but they're just kind of you know we're not visible and so you know fast forward to college you know I I went to a smaller bar school there were like five gay people maybe and I was the only Asian gay right again so I didn't really have these role models and so the whole point of GAPA and check it out GAPA.org um we're, we're trying to build our role models for ourselves we're trying to uplift representation we're trying to have visibility we're trying to advocate for us to be seen heard and celebrated and to have our community become powerful and what does it mean to be a powerful community you know a powerful community is represented at every level of society so like if you are in if you're in corporate world you want to be at the CEO level, the C-suite. If you're in uh, elected po- uh, you know, politics, we should have as much representation as our, you know, San Francisco is 30 something percent API, probably like half gay or something. And there are like two elected officials that are gay hmm. and Asian, you know, and one one is Janice Lee, love her. Uh, she's a, board, a BART board director. Another, he's um, Alex Lee is uh, just recently um, elected to the state legislator in California. Uh, representing Fremont area, he's like 25. He's like wow. open, the first openly bi and youngest legislator uh, in California state history. And then there's also Evan Lowe down in San Jose, like, um, sorry, Santa Clara, you know, that area. But there's very little. There's very like, little. I, I can yeah. count them on my hands, you know, like, right. I know, and I know all of them, you know, like, so right. it's like, you know, why, why don't we have more representation in San Francisco or in the, you know, East Bay? Or, and, you know, and it's because it's so hard. It's so hard to have um, that kind of. Well, I'm just, I mean, I know from experience, not because I'm a big hoe, but I know from experience that many gay men who are on the gay apps, one of the reasons there's no exposure is because no Asians, no Asians. I'm so sick of seeing profiles with no Asians. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, you're, you're going to go out and you're going to go, uh, no racism, no racism. But then I'm going to say no Asians. Hello. You just stepped right into that piece of shit on your own, you know? And so when I see these sort of things, then, and I realize we all get to choose how we show up in the world our own way, but if that's the constant message, then why would you step forward? Mm-hmm. You know, I know at the at Cal Poly University here in San Luis Obispo, <clears throat> it's very, very, I'm going to say it, white. Mm-hmm. It's very white. Mm-hmm. Now, there's probably more Asians than there are blacks for sure. Mm-hmm. But here's where, and I'm not saying this to be stereotypical or racist, but the reason it is, is because it's a architecture, science, engineering school. So of course everybody's like, oh yeah, the Asians, they're, they're very smart. They go do this, right? But I'm really good at math, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. <laughs> How many inches? Let's see. That was one, two, three, four. I can add and count. Um, but it's so interesting because this is the crap that I feel like really, truly affects. And I've worked with a lot of people in this world around coming out and being who you are. When I've wor- had the beautiful, beautiful privilege of working with somebody from the Asian culture, it is even harder. Oh, yeah. Because culturally, number one, your own familial systems and everything are like, ah, you no, 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 no gay, no gay, you know, and then you have the, okay, no gay, no gay, which we've all heard, but then you start to hear from your own community, ah, no, 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 no gay, no, no Asian gay, no, 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 no. And then suddenly, why do you even want to be where you are and who you are? It's so hard. 
it, it, it is hard but the funny thing is like i have to give it up to my parents i mean my mom is like talk about strong women and i want to make sure you all understand he didn't say he's giving <laughs> it up to his parents okay <laughs> we are not that kind of show he's using like like a you know a little analogy there so yeah so i i have to give credit I'll there we be go clear let me be clear in my speaking um that you know my mother was so like very westernized and she never was like gays are bad she never uh, like affirmatively said that but when, and when i came out to her and um you know after i graduated uh, i i i tried to bring my parents together at you know they were divorced and my mom and dad at the same table kitchen table very american way of doing it and saying right. mom and dad, i have to i have to tell you something you know um but i at first i want to tell you i don't want to hurt you or anything and my mom stops me right there she's like i already know it's about your alternative lifestyle right and i'm like what you know <laughs> she's she's like i know already but he doesn't need to know i'll tell him later how's your job she like she's very fast yeah. you know and she told me the next day she was like i just want to make sure that when you're like having sex like you use a lot of lube because you know the woman has the natural and then the man and she's so, so like she's not anti-gay you know she's very not so but at the same time the culture you know she yes. was even selling me the culture so like yeah and Vietnamese culture it's not good and it's not it's kind of like a shame thing and shame to family is type of a huge like honor like it's so mulan right now like if you watch right. disney's mulan it's it's totally that and it's been like that forever and so like you know to to be the, one of the leaders of the queer and trans api community is just to our mere existence is to say it's okay and like our our big basically our our mantra is just like, you know, you are a powerful person and you can do a lot of things in the world and you need to lift yourself up to become the role models for the next generation. Because like, this is what they created in the 80s. Like in the 80s, you know, there were no organizations specifically around the AIDS crisis um, dedicated to like culturally competent ways of, you know, encouraging safe sex practices. Like, you know, just talking about condoms was kind of a like a not, you don't talk about it and sex is weird. You know, like anyways, there's a lot of weirdness and shame. and. So, and talking about, you know, being a gay Asian man, I mean, it's, you know, to be gay it is sort of like competing, you know, competing against a lot of men, right? And then right. if you're not, if you're not white, okay, then you're not, then you're not in the game, you know, or like, <clears throat> are you in the game at all? And then if you're Asian, you're emasculated, you know, it's right. a very, it's a very, like, you, you should be a sub bottom, you know, and it's like, we're not all sub bottoms, <laughs> you know, like, and uh, which is like, you know, like it's because of the porn we watch. You know, it's like right. it's about visibility and media. And so this is why I love porn stars that are Asian. Right. It's got a shout out to and Brandon it's Lee so interesting because it's it's almost like, okay, <clears throat> you want to find a, a gay Asian, go to the sub bottom store. That's where you'll find them, right? And it's like so not true, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know a whole lot more sub bottom white guys than I do Asians, but it's because I don't have a lot of Asians in my life, you know. Mm-hmm. But when I have been around like when I've been in a concentration of Asians at parties and stuff, no, I wasn't like, so are you bottom or not? I need to know this. Cause I'm doing, sometimes I do. I'm like, I'm doing research for my next book. <laughs> <clears throat> I have a friend who wants to know her name is lemonade pop. Yes. Um, <clears throat> but it's, it's so interesting to see these stereotypes show up, you know, and yet who created it? Somebody else created all this. It took one person to say, oh, yeah, all oh, all Asian men, they're bottoms. Yes, they, they all really want to be wives. And it's like, no, that's not necessarily true. And the funny thing is, in California, back in like the 1800s, Asian men were like, you know, because they're coming from China doing the railroads and stuff. Right, right. They were seen as like these, like, they will take the white women, you know, they're like, right. they're so sex hungry, you know, like that whole, <laughs> there was that, right. there was that. So yeah. it's funny to, to me now, like, oh, because they're gay, that they're completely like, not men, not men, you know, emasculated. Um, it. I think what what it takes though is like you do not need to channel your whatever your strong um, personality is like maybe it's a juicy character or something and just kind of be that outlandish person that just goes and be powerful and just get shit done and and then they will see that you know oh you break those stereotypes you know there's different types of Asians there's there's a loud there's a loud Asian wow you know mm-hmm. what's that about you know like um, <clears throat> or you know there's also there are I know lots of quiet Asians and that's fine you know yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. it's not it's you know it's valid um, so what so all this, you know, this where you're at in life, it keeps 
<clears throat> I hate it when I have to clear my throat on the air. Sorry, but that's not going to get edited, people. But anyway, so all this has come about. Here you've got this great world you're playing in. You're doing advocacy. You're a lawyer. You're trying to like launch a speaking career. You've got Juicy Thoughts and Juicy Lou. If you think back to when you were in college, mm-hmm. what of that was actually like? I mean, obviously, you know, law. But what of that could you have said yeah, I, I could have seen that back then and now here it is. Could you see any of that? Like the drag, the like, I'm going to be an advocate, I'm going to have a voice. Could you really even envision any of that? You know, if, if I if I went back and looked, just was a camera fly on the wall in my first year, I was just such a quiet person. But I, I knew that I wanted to be a double major in computer science and music because I came in with all these credits and then I had all this college credit and stuff. But I was just sort of like, I, I was such a planner about things. I know it's so intent, intentional about things, very intense too, but I was so quiet. I was so, it's not a party person. Like if you were asking me to throw a party back then, I'm like, what, who are you? You know, but now here I, you know, throw these huge like balls and galas and things, you know, and, and if you were telling me, oh, I want you to go fundraise $25,000 like in an hour, you know, and, and just go talk to people. And right. I would be like, are you kidding me? But now right. I am like empowered and because I think fundraising should be fun. And it's right. just allowing people to join in with me in this cause. I'm an advocate, right. you know, that's all, it's all, it's just a party. We're just having fun here, you know? Um, but you know, it's, it's, I could probably trace it. You know, my love of theatricality and stuff is to my music background. Like I'm a saxophone player. And I love to improv in saxophone, <laughs> and you just kind of play with things. Right. You just you just play with the medley. You play you 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 see the system. You play you see the you see the game. You know the notes on the page are just kind of guidance, really. You know, in improv, and you just kind of play with it. You just create your own melodies, and I think that's what I've done as as Juicy Lou. I didn't know that I'd become a drag queen. I didn't know that I would become you know on TV shows on a podcast like right right un- uncloseted here. Um, you know, in the streets with a bullhorn, like, and that's where I. I think I shine with a bullhorn. Mm-hmm. I am really good at protests. I'm really because I do. You have, do, you have, do you have like a pet bullhorn? Do you have like your own bullhorn? I have my own little one. Yeah, okay, I bought cool. it at, at the Walgreens because, like, I I basically found out that I love protest cheers because the chance to me yeah. they're just like cheering on democracy. Like it's like they're just like pepping people up. You know, it's like this right. is moving the energy. And and if if the game is energy, if they and, and if you think that energy is abundant, right? You can think you can imagine that you can imbue like the spirit in people you, know, you can motivate people you can inspire absolutely people by just your using your voice like the, and just, i know like, isn't isn't that amazing of it. yeah yeah that's, that's amazing that was i i found that like when i was in drag and i'm in drag i was just marching down in san francisco at the trans live march and yeah. just kind of like just mark and I, I was reading along the protest and i, was, I got it I, I borrowed a bullhorn you know like this is who i am i'm reverse the forceful you know i was like okay you're not using it right now can i yeah just it? just <laughs> give that to me it goes with my outfit it goes much better with my outfit than yours right now so. exactly exactly and and i found out that i just loved it and i and when i was miss gappa i would instead of like most drag queens most miss gappas get to sit on a car and like just wave at the you know in, a, in the pride parade i was in because we had just elected trump there was this huge protest march right uh, the protest contingent and i was with my bullhorn in a full gown like a red like a chinese new year gown basically and like this beautiful you know hair and like makeup i hadn't slept the night before because i was you know pride san francisco right, pride right. and i'm i'm miss kappa and so i was there like screaming for two hours on the megaphone like to people like we need to go you you need to get off the sidelines and you you need to get involved do what do something for the community like just kind of pe- pepping people up and i was that's just, awesome i was jazzed that was, that's my, so that was awesome. my most favorite my most favorite when I found the power. So I, so to answer your question, did I, can I trace it back to anything? Maybe, maybe some of my, my community service um, organizations, like I, I, you know, believing in servant leadership and like leadership as you're serving others and serving the community. Um, I was in Alpha Phi Omega service Mm -hmm. fraternity and just kind of that kind of that maybe I can tie it to that, but it was totally just, you know, we can, we can do things for the community and it can be fun. It doesn't have to be like work, you know? Yeah. And, and in fact, it, it can actually help push, you know, channel your energy. Absolutely. And, yeah. You know, and it, it is interesting because a couple of things that hit me as you were talking, I, re- I remember a few years ago when I'm like, I just, I have to use my voice. And I was going through, I was going through a phase in my speaking career and everything where I'm like, I don't know, I, something's just not jiving, you know? And then I'm like, wait, wait, 
every time you use your voice, Rick, you're happy. Mm -hmm. So whether I'm doing a podcast, whether I'm using my voice as a speaker, whether I'm using my voice coaching somebody, whether I'm writing an article, as long as everything is around me using my voice in some way for good, I'm really happy. But the minute I feel like my voice isn't being heard, I become a bitch on wheels. I become very sullen and angry. Mm. And I'm like, okay, I, the only, I know how to change this. I have to be able to use my voice. Mm -hmm. And once I landed in that, it helped me so much in so many areas of my life. Because mm. like, even at times, there'll be times with my husband that I will be like, okay, I'm not being heard. I'm like, that's okay, girl. Just say, I don't, I need to use my voice right now. Mm -hmm. And so he knows when I say I need to use my voice that there's something coming. Now he may run for the door, of course, <laughs> like girl, lemonade's about to show up and go crazy. But um, it's just such an interesting thing. But the reason I asked you that question was I felt the same way about my whole coming out experience. If somebody had said to me in 1999, <clears throat> when, you know, we were thinking about Y2K and Prince, you know, like dancing like it's 1999, all this sort of stuff, that 20 some years later, this would be my life, that I would have focused my entire experience of coming out to do this work. I would have said, fuck you, you're stupid. I do branding, I do marketing, I work in the hospitality industry, I'm a, you know, technology software guy. I could have never seen it. But... I can tie back to so many pathways that I have traveled mm -hmm. that got me here. Mm -hmm. Everything from who I was in high school, which was hiding in the closet, but I was always like the cheerleader. So not, <clears throat> not literally a cheerleader because I was one of those little, you know, schools with all the Christian stuff that we don't do. And we didn't even play intramural sports because we, we didn't want to mix with the secular kids of the world. So yeah, I was very, you know, no wonder I'm so fucked up. Um, <clears throat> but it was interesting to just see there are moments, even as I got into college, like, you know, becoming like a resident assistant and, and like being there for guys, whether they were like, I, I just got to go throw up. Okay, here, let me help you get to the, you know, the bathroom or, mm -hmm. or like, I'm really struggling with, you know, school and, you know, each step brought me to where we are. And I think that's a beautiful thing when we can embrace that, mm -hmm. even if it's because juicy Lou shows up or lemonade pop, she is in the house. Um, it comes from embracing who we are and just bringing it fully forward into the world. Yeah, there, there is such a special gift that I feel like um, maybe um, queer people or LGBTQ people have when they do the whole coming out journey, the coming out process. Oh, absolutely. Because, because like once you fully accept who you are and this is who I am, you and you, there's, you are unleashed and you have this special power, you know, that I feel like it's very special for our community because other folks and like, you know, no, no, no offense against the straight folks, but like they just, there's not that kind of click that moment mm. that they can, they can feel, you know, there's not right. that visceral feeling. I get, I have a visceral feeling. Like I yep. am a very different person from, you know, when I was out in public to when I was not out and I was right. like hiding myself and I was covering and I was like kind of hating myself and Absolutely. hating my body and hating what I looked like and just all this stuff, you know? Um, in fact, I came out and then the next, that week, that, that year, I like, I, I dropped all this weight because I started working out and you know all the, did all the Abercrombie thing, you know, like did all the games. So, um, I went to fashion, and anyway, yeah. uh, so it was just a it's a whole new experience. But I feel like that's what our life is, and I you know it's kind of like the becoming book from Michelle Obama. It's right. like you become the person that you are today, and you can, yes. and you may not know where you know where you know it's like a seed. You don't know exactly how it's going to become, you know. But absolutely, things happen along the way that maybe make it grow into a different kind of thing. So as we wrap up here, which I know now that Juicy and I could talk all night long and we could just, <laughs> we could go and we could have a little cocktails and then we'd go further and then probably get messy. But anyway, I know, I know we'd have a good old time, but for you as a gay Asian, you know, person in the culture, I said person for a particular reason, because I know gay, Asian, black, trans, all these, there's a whole nother layer of even survive quote unquote surviving in the LGBTQ culture. But for you stepping into this empowered space, 
what do you think this has allowed you to do more for your own culture within the LGBTQ community? I think, um, I think just stepping into my power has allowed me to really reframe what it means to be living as a gay Asian man, living in the queer and trans API community, what it means to have a community, what is our movement. In fact, I'm, I'm organizing, I, I started a whole thing because uh, I'm here I am in the Bay Area. I was Miss Gappa in 2017. And I was like, so Lunar New Year is coming up, Chinese New Year or Tet, you know, Vietnamese Tet. It's yep. basically Lunar New Year. And, um, you know, what's, where's the gay version? Where's the queer version? You know, and mm -hmm. I was just kind of asking the dumb question, like, where is it? And they didn't have anything. So I was like, I'm just going to start a showcase then. I'm going to start a drag showcase. And then the next year we did it again. It was bigger. The first year was maybe a hundred or so people. The second year, 400 people at Oasis. The third year, it was, we turned it into a more of a coalition led event. So then we're, we're building our building in by design, organizing right. uh -huh. and talking to each other in the other organizations to create this event. It was more of a kind of a kind of an info fair, you know, thing like a, it had like 700 people come. It was That's at Salesforce awesome. Tower. The next year, again, which was just last year, it was one of the last event, big events before COVID hit. Um, it was, you know, a, a really nice event. Over 500 people came. Um so now this is the fifth year and we're like, okay, I got to keep it going. But like right. you got, you, you built something and you get to help design what it is. And then you help to lead others around a sort of a vision of what you think the community is because you step into the power of that community. You like, you, you know, you take a little bit of ownership and responsibility. And I think that is a big part of my understanding of where I fit into the world and the movement. Um, and that literally is just because I, just because I become a drag queen, just because I won this pageant title, was just because, no, not just because of that, but like I made an intentional choice to say, I'm going to be a leader in this movement. I'm going to be part of this community and I'm going to help redefine what it means to become, be a, a queer trans API person and what, it, what, what are our needs? What do we need as a community? You know, rely on other organizations, you know, don't do it all yourself, you know, like rely right. on, like build coalition. Like people are also working on this issue and, and then like, let's uplift that work. And then like, and how do we uplift? We can do it by, you know, talking about it, bringing awareness. We can talk, you know, have events where we actually see each other, you know, help each other out. We can build capacity, you know, leadership stuff. You know, we can, we can raise money, you know, like we can do, the easiest thing may be raising money. Like, uh, right. the funniest thing is like, oh, that's actually the easiest thing is just here, write a check, you know? But um, the, the hard work is actually the volunteering, the time, the yep. building the relationships, uh, seeing the interdependence of each other in this movement and seeing the allies and getting people involved and, um, and constantly recruiting people. So mm. I'm, I've become that person and I don't know how I became that person. If you talk to me when I was 17, as I was entering in 1999 in college, I was entering college, I was like, I was not that person. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was, I was quiet. I played video games. <laughs> you know, I, I just sat in my, I sat in my thoughts. And then, and then I went to a leadership camp thing because I was in a leadership thing. And I was like, uh, you know, we learned for a week long event with all these college leaders. And they, one, one person told me, Michael, you really need to let people in let people mm. into your world because you have so many good ideas, so many good thoughts, but you don't, you're not saying them. You're not using your voice. And, and so I really took that to heart. Like, oh, I, I have this power and, and we all have this power. We all we, have so many ideas. We do have this power. And I think that's the thing is, I was going to say, and so all this started for him with a little bit of lipstick and some eyeliner, but it's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of what it is. And sometimes we have to have that nudge to see our power. And then once that, and it's like my podcast, I literally thought, okay, fine, whatever, I'll do this. And then by the third episode, I'm like, of course I'm doing this. I've got to do this. This is what I love doing. This is what I have fun doing. This is, this is, don't tell anybody else listening. This is the one thing out of my week that if I don't get to do it, ugh, I'm just like, I've got to get on and do a podcast. Now, granted, I will, you know, like this week, it's been like pure, Pure love, even though I want to say pure hell, because I've recorded six podcasts this week, but I loved every one of them. And it's kind of interesting because in the past week, a week ago, I recorded one with another gay Asian leader in advocacy. And here I am kind of wrapping up with you. Oh, so bookends. Just, hey, so, bookends. Bookends. Pretty bookends. Happy so. year of the ox. Exactly. Ox, there ox, you ox, go. Ox, there ox. you go. So, all right. Well, I am so excited that you were here, Michael and Juicy Lou. Let's not forget Juicy. 
And I'm so happy to have gotten this chance to talk with you. So where can people find you? Juicy Lou, Juicy Thoughts, where's all that at? Yeah, so if you want to find me at Juicy Lou, it's uh, my Instagram and all the things is Juicy Lou Realness. So Juicy L-I-U Realness. Uh, and, you know, all the all the things, I Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all this stuff. Oh, on Twitter, it's real Juicy Lou because I, I don't know why. There, it's a funny story because there's another Juicy Lou in New York. And so that's mm-hmm. the whole reason why I'm the real one. Cause she, yes, yes. I had to do one. that. Yeah, I, I had to do that too. I'm the Rick Clemens on Instagram because some other bitch has <clears throat> Rick Clemens, right? You know, so, <laughs> and then yeah. Juicy Thoughts, uh, you know, if you like my my voice and my speaking, which by the way, we have to get maybe my friend Chad, uh, Chad Benjamin Potter is my co-host and okay. we kind of had this comedy podcast. We, you can come on. Yes. And, and, and we'd love to, we, I'd love to have Chad come on with you too and talk about his, his journey becoming uncloseted, but yes, uh, yes. juicy thoughts, T H O T S because thoughts are fun. Uh, juicy thoughts.com uh, available on pop, you know, wherever you can listen, wherever, to you can get, wherever you can listen to those podcasts. So. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. so that that's that's lemonade going, girl. I'm getting I'm getting ready for the evening. So let's we sleep into that little evening voice at this point. So, uh, but <laughs> is anyway, it an ASMR ASMR moment. ASMR. Yes, it is. It is kind of <laughs> is that moment. So anyway, well, thank you, thank you, thank you, Michael. Love you to death, my friend. And I'm so glad we got to spend this time. And it's so interesting because he he asked me before he goes, so about how long? I'm like thirty minutes. Of course, in the back of my mind, I'm going. I don't think this is going to be a 30 minute one. This is going to be a longer <laughs> one just because we can go. And when I get to have a beautiful guest like you, not that the rest aren't beautiful, all my other guests <laughs> listening, it's just, there's something about when, you know, you got it going, you got it mm. going. Let's just keep it going because there's beautiful stuff that you brought up. I keep using the word beautiful. So this one I'm as a podcast host going, you need to fucking find another word. <laughs> Great stuff that he brought. The stuff that was real, that shows the inside of when you empower yourself and you own yourself and you truly allow yourself to step in to the place you're meant to be by coming out of your closet and uncloseting yourself that's what this show is all about so thank you again my friend for being here love you and i can't wait to share you with the world thank you for having me on rick and i i love it keep it juicy but juicy juicy <laughs> hey hey life uncloseted family another episode of life uncloseted has come to an end and it is time for all of us to sashay away and go face our fears, make those bold moves, and stand up to living our life without apology. But before you do, I've got a favor to ask of you. Would you hop over to iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever it is that you're listening to this and just give us a little bit of love if you like what we're doing here at Life on Closet. Here's what it does. It helps other people find the show. It helps other people get to know what we're all about. And you just might help change life. In fact, if you really want to change a life, We'd love it if you just ask a friend to take a listen and see what they think. So that's it. Love you all deeply. I'm Rick Clemens, the host of Life Uncloseted, and never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping in to living your life uncloseted.